It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic will go top if they beat Livingston before Rangers head to Hibs tomorrow Coronavirus hit Hamilton are without four players for their trip to Kilmarnock And St Mirren along with their emergency keeper are off to Tannadice I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me in the studio is Alex Ray, Gordon DL and Hugh Keevans Who needs a psychologist about the place when Dermot Desmond do no less is delivering the Celtic team talk today The man with the plan and the money says 5 nothing against Ross County last Saturday made for a good headline But Dermot says the performance was, and I quote, terrible So that ought to raise standards against Livingston this afternoon Elsewhere we've got a top four And the rest are fighting relegation from the Premiership That'll be the incentive for everybody at Tandice, McDermott Park And the Billy Bowie Special Project Stadium in Kilmarnock Have a nice day It's a good day Gordon It's a good day for football as well And uh, I was at Celtic last week When they won 5-0 against Ross County First half was terrible Second half Very good They won 5-0 I'm looking at the fixtures Some great fixtures this afternoon Celtic, Livingston But my big one's Dundee United And St Mirren Alex Ray The sun is shining Football is on Saturday at 3 o'clock You can't beat it Yeah I'm looking forward to it Gordon When I look at the positions Of all the teams That are competing today Out with Celtic You know there's only one position Between them also They have a real uh, opportunity To make a mark today And uh, some good ties Dundee United Versus St Mirren Commander I've got uh, Hamilton Good opportunity as well We've got another win And St Johnson At Ross County Looking forward to it Building up to the games Then we'll get underway We'll keep you up to speed On everything that happens Across the grounds We'll preview tomorrow's matches And then at 5 o'clock Your chance To have your say On the open line So strap yourselves in We're here until 6 o'clock The weather's that good You might want to listen In the back garden That's fine Listen wherever you like uh, But we're ready to go For another football feast On a Saturday afternoon Let's start at Celtic Park then Alison Conroy Has the team news Ahead of Celtic and Livingston yeah, good afternoon from a very sunny Celtic Park. Changes for Celtic after that win at St Mirren in midweek. Odson Edward on the bench for this one. This afternoon it'll be Albion Ayeti who'll start up front for Celtic. So it will be Vasilius Barkas in goal. A back three of Hatem Al-Hamid, Shane Duffy and Chris Iyer. Then in the midfield five, Jeremy Frimpong, Callum McGregor, Olivia Cham, Scott Brown and Greg Taylor with Ryan Christie just in behind Albion Ayeti. On the bench for Celtic, Bain, Beaton, Klamala, Soro, Turnbull, Rogic, Edward, Ilianusi and Forrest. For Livingston, three changes from that defeat to Hamilton Ackies last weekend. Robbie McCrory in goal for them. A back five of Nicky Devlin, John Guthrie, Effie Ambrose, Kieran Brown and Julian Serrano. In the midfield, Marvin Bartley, Jason Holt and Craig Sibbald with Scott Pittman behind the lone striker of Scott Tiffany. On the bench for Livingston, Stirrick, Taylor Sinclair, Lawson, McMillan, Pignatello, Robinson, Forrest, Popladnik and Lokoch. Now, the Forrest brothers could face each other for the first time ever this afternoon, but as you'll know from the team news, they both start on the bench. Sibling rivalry can wait, Hugh Keevans. There's an obvious incentive for Celtic. It doesn't get more simple. Win the game, go top of the table. That's very, very simple uh, in terms of the team talk for Neil Lennon. As I said, the, the owner of the club, Dermot Desmond, not impressed by the way they played. Uh, said he discussed it with Neil Lennon and Neil Lennon was quite happy with uh, his analysis and it's up to Celtic to do better today. Edward on the bench, don't understand it. Turnbull still on the bench, didn't get any time midweek, don't understand it. Uh, Julian out with a back strain, I understand. Uh, But that team ought to be any team 
in Celtic's jersey ought to be good enough to beat Livingston who are having a poor season have lost Lyndon Dykes to QPR uh, and ought to have next to no chance at all at Celtic Park Gordon Diel Odson Edward on the bench do you assume that he is not fully fit or is this just a continuation of Neil Lennon trying to Tweak things here and there What would you expect uh, well, The explanation to be Looking at Neil's selection Saturday, Wednesday And today It looks like A, a bit of a rotation Gordon in the squad He has got a big squad there It's early season uh, It's an opportunity And you look at A Livingston team That I've watched Twice this season Home and away And they've been Very very poor I've got to say They're not the Livingston Of last season And Gary Holt Will have a difficult job today Trying to get anything At Celtic Park I think that Celtic could really rack up a good score if they go about their business well. But I just look at, you know, I, I understand whose arguments about, well, Edward and Ayeti, get them working as a partnership, get Turnbull in there, a bit of fresh legs, an opportunity. But I just think he's looked at it and thought, yeah, I'll manage the squad just now because it's early season. But it's all about results And to be fair They're getting results I don't think they're firing All cylinders Gordon I've got to say that As much as people can argue Well they won 5-0 at Ross County St Mirren's a difficult place to go They've got a squad there What 30 plus million uh, In the bench You know So they've got opportunities To rotate that squad I think everyone concerned with Celtic will be looking for a big performance today. Alex Ray, here is the positive case for Livingston. I'm going to build a positive case. They've drawn three of their last five games against Celtic. Yep. Um, on the flip side of that, it, it's been 13 months yeah. since Livy won a game on grass. 13 months. And they've only won once this season. Yeah, it says it all, Gordon. For me, it'll be a very difficult uh, ask for them to do that today. Going back to the Edward situation, Gordon, uh, for me, it's a case of maybe giving Ayeti time to get up to speed. He may well still be carrying the knock that he had a couple of weeks ago. So it's just about giving guys match time. And you're absolutely right. Because of the opposition, Neil can actually rotate it today. Because when you actually look at Celtic's bench, as Daz just said there, he's been very conservative. If you're talking about 30 million on the bench, you know, if you take Edward in isolation, and then you've got Elanusi who cost 16 million. You've got Forrest. Turnbull have just paid 3 million for. Rogic was on the way at the door for 4 million. So you're starting to get up to around about the 50 million mark. So they have plenty of firepower if they have to change it. I was it. talking about Wednesday. Sorry? Wednesday's bench, Gordon Armstrong. Oh, about. sorry. Oh, I'm right, talking okay. today's so bench. We're adding a bit on now because Edward's on the bench, right? That's fine. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. Alex glad. got his own argument already. And it's not only five past two yet. Glad we're in agreement. <laughs> Is that in terms of the way it's going to line up? One of the, the guys who's asked to do a number of roles at times for Celtic is Ryan Christie. Is he the one that gets closest to a Yeti? Does he go right up there alongside him in, in a traditional 3 5 2? Or is it no, just. No, I don't I like, uh, to be fair, come out with the, the system. I t- totally agree. I think he'll play a 3 or 4, you know, with Frimpong, Brown, McGregor, and Taylor as a 4. I think in Cham and Christie will go into the inside right, inside left channel and they will be given the licence because you're expecting Celtic to have a lot of the ball yeah. today. They will be given the licence to go then and support the striker. Psychology, Hugh, has been the buzzword this week. Oh. Neil Lennon talking about potentially turning to a psychologist. But in a more general sense, that chance to go top, it was only a couple of weeks ago that we stood here and when Volleyball and Golly did his thing and went off on a jolly and the Scottish government stepped in and everyone said, you know, Rangers could be 11 points clear and, and all the rest of it. So for Celtic, just to have that that psychological marker of, of being able to, to go back top just for a day yeah. or so until Rangers play tomorrow, how important do you think it is? 
Absolutely vital Because if uh, there's any slip up at all uh, Then everyone will be on Neil Lennon's case Uh, Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why did you do the next thing? Uh, So he knows that he has to return a good performance He he now knows that Desmond is watching Never mind anybody else uh, And they have to return a good performance And put Rangers under some kind of pressure against Hibs Everyone knows that tomorrow represents the first challenge of the season for Rangers because they've beaten everyone that they should be beating they made a mess of it against Livingston and dropped points there but tomorrow is a proper challenge from a team who have been moving well so the very least that Celtic can do is to go top and put Rangers under some form of pressure at high noon tomorrow You made a very good point there Gordon about t- trying to get your games played because teams will want to get the points in the bag they won't want the same scenario if this happens further down the line There's a lot to like about some of the other fixtures today another one that jumps out is Dundee United against St Mirren at Tannadice Fraser Wishart's looking ahead to that one Plenty to play for here Gordon as you say an important game for both sides after decent starts to the season they both come here on the back of a series of defeats Dundee United lost here to Celtic a few weeks ago then back to back 4-0 defeats versus Kelly and Rangers and they're just not scoring enough goals so Mickey Mellon will want to get that sorted and get back on track very quickly Lauren Shanklin of course is the key player up front he's been missing since the first game of the season he was sub last week and he's back in the starting 11 which will be a real boost for his team in St Mern similar to Dundee United but just glad to get to the back of a bit of normality Poor versus St Johnston at the end of August, then heavy defeats to Hearts and a midweek loss to Celtic. They actually played okay in midweek and of course took took the lead. And Jim Goodwin taking some some uh, positives from that. But after the hassles of the last seven days, COVID test, goalkeeping problems, Bobby's Lamal keeps his place probably to his last game for the club. He was excellent in midweek with the penalty save topping his performance. Like Dundee United, though scoring has been a problem for Lee Irwin. Looked bright against Celtic and scored his first goal for the club. Obika was on the bench, but Jim Goodwin will be keen to get them both working together and they both start today in a pretty positive lineup by Jim Goodwin. So both on seven points. A win, of course, would increase the gap between them and the bottom of the table. For Dundee United, they go with a 4-4-2 formation. Benjamin Zegrist is in goals. Adrian Sporro, Ryan Edwards, Mark Reynolds and Jamie Robson at the back. And across the middle, Luke Bolton, Callum Butcher, Ian Harks and Logan Chalmers with Nicky Clark and Lawrence Shankland up front. The subs, Dennis Mehmet, Dylan Powers, Paul McMullen, Peter Pollitt, Cammy Smith, Declan Glass, Kieran Freeman, Lewis Appery and Lewis Nielsen. First and they're also 4-4-2 formation. Zenek Zlamal is in goals, as I said earlier. Marcus Fraser, Conor McCarthy, Joe Shaughnessy and Richard Tate at the back. Jimmy McGrath, Sam Foley, Ethan Erehon and Kyle McAllister in midfield with Jonathan Obika and Lee Irwin up front. Only seven subs for Sitman, Peter Rominski, Nathan Sherrin, Cammy McPherson, Dylan Connolly, Ilkay Durmas, Sam Jimison and Junior Morias. And the referee today at Tanadice is Colin Stephen. Uh, Bobby Zlamal Fraser as you say Possibly the last time We'll see him In a St Mirren jersey For all that's been said About that situation And whether it was handled In the correct manner Or the incorrect manner Bobby Zlamal comes in Plays ever so well Against Celtic Saves a penalty From arguably the, the, One of the top players In the country um, So given his contribution The other night it, it's, it's worked out Not too badly For St Mirren in the end I'm not saying They'll be happy With the way things Have played out um, But it, it was nice To see him Put in a decent performance The other evening yeah, Jim Goodwin was very vocal after the game last weekend. He was clearly still very angry. And of course, it was a really terrible situation for him to be in. But uh, if Peter Minsky had been fit, he'd have probably played. But uh, Jim obviously thinks that Lamal is a better goalkeeper because he's kept him in for the last couple of games because Minsky, who's a young lad, uh, is, is, uh, has been on the bench. And yeah, I, I know it's been a really angry and tough time for St Mern, but they just need to put that behind them. I think it's what's been done is done. I think it was the right thing to get the game on with a goalkeeper. If they didn't get a goalkeeper, then that would have been the wrong thing. But we're now getting to a key part of the season for all the 
the clubs outside of the top four. I think it's been said so often that you know they could all beat each other from fifth down. And uh, it's, it's games against each other like this are very, very important, especially Dundee United. A home, a home defeat today would cause them real problems. You know, four defeats in a row, they've not scored a goal. So I think a wee bit of pressure on the Tannadex side. All right, let's hear from both managers then, ahead of that one, Mickey Mellon and Jim Goodwin. Another challenge against another established Premiership team gives us another gives us the opportunity to go and make us that keep moving this club forward. But I am not afraid of the expectations that are set for us because Dundee United is a brilliant football club, a big Scottish football club. Now we have to keep making the improvements to represent the club properly, consistently in every game that we play in. And that's what we'll do. Of course they have, yeah, they're a big club and um, you know they are a Premier League club. I think when you look at the you know the, the stadium and the training facilities and the uh, the fan base obviously. I think Mickey Mellon's a really good appointment. Um I came across Mickey many years ago when I was down in England and I, I think he was a Blackpool or Tranmere, I can't remember one of the two, but um really good guy, good appetite for the game. I think he's uh, he settled into the Scottish Premier League really well. You know, they're coming into the game themselves off the back of Three defeats, um, you know, a couple of heavy ones the last couple. But, you know, I watched them against Hibs and against Celtic and I thought they were very, very well organised. Um, and if you give them time and space on the ball, they certainly want to try and play as well. It was always likely to be the case, unfortunately, this season that as we talk about the games, we're going to have to talk about the virus and how that's impacting uh, the matches on a Saturday afternoon. That's very much the case at... Kilmarnock, Hamilton, the visitors, the ones who've been affected this week. Here's Andrew McLean. Yeah, well, it's just a bit of a lottery week to week, really, to see what game is next to be impacted or disrupted by coronavirus, whether it's positive tests, false positives, forced self-isolation, and this is your COVID game of the week as it is Hamilton, the unlucky side. We already know about Lee Hodson being forced to self-isolate. This should be the last game he sits out of, but three further Hamilton players are out of this one after recording positive tests during the week. They have recorded negative tests since after... uh, further NHS screenings I'll get to those in the team news certainly not the depleted squad that some have been making out just two changes and that consistency will please Brian Rice after good away results against Motherwell and Livingston in recent weeks they'll be hoping for a similar outcome today Kilmarnock have yet to really get going this season at all and that 4-0 win over Dundee United here before the international break has maybe only papered over the cracks temporarily that was their only win this season in the league but Alex Dyer's happy with how they're playing and thinks the results will come as for team news, no changes for Kilmarnock coming into this one from that 1-0 loss to Aberdeen. A 4-4-2 for them. Danny Rogers starts in goal. In the back four, Ross Millen, Kirk Broadfoot, Stuart Finlay and Callum Waters. The midfield four, Chris Burke, Aaron Tishbola, Gary Dicker and Greg Kilty. The two up top, Eamon Brophy and Nicky Kabamba. The substitutes, Doyle, McGowan, Hounstrup, Dickamona, Rossi, McKenzie, Pinnock. Cameron and Whitehall just two changes for Hamilton out go Kyle Monroe the goal scorer uh, of the winning goal against Livingston last week and Ross Callahan drops out as well they both drop out of the squad altogether I'm sure you can guess why they've dropped out of the squad in come Jamie Hamilton and Scott McMahon it's a 4-4-1-1 for them Ryan Fulton in goal the back four Hakeem Adolphin Jamie Hamilton Sean Mont and Scott McMahon the midfield four Will Collar Scott Martin Regan Mimnaw and David Moyo with David Templeton just in behind Marius Ogpo up top they have managed to fill a full bench as well. Gurley, Trafford, Hughes, Fjortoft, Stanger, Winter, Smith, Obalabi and Johnson. And I'm led to believe that the third player that is self-isolating was on the bench last week and has had to drop out of the squad for this one. Your referee at Rugby Park for this game today is Nick Walsh. So in the dugout, it's Alex Dyer up against Brian Rice. 
this no, no, you, you still have to be a professional and, and do the job you know like I said the most important thing we hope that their players are fine and everything's okay and then we just get on with the game you know they've got enough good players there to, to bring into the side and um, we know it's going to be a tough game because it always is against Hamilton you know I mean they're, they're a good side they, they work hard for each other so we know to expect whether they have a few players out or not we, we still know we have to prepare, prepare ourselves the same way you know be professional and and try and win the game. No, we're not decided. We just keep doing what we've been doing, keep working hard, like what we did before we played Dundee, and we had a good result. So we're hoping to do the same again. With the four COVID lads and the injury situation that I have with four players, that I'll have to use one or two of the, the younger lads to make up the, the squad. I'm thinking about building on the, the result for last week. I'm thinking about not using any excuses about what's happened this week. I'm just thinking about let's get Hamilton as far up that table as possible and having no excuses. We've got a, we've got a football game to go and play. We're going to play football. We're not going to war. You know, let's go try and get a result, and then next week we should be in a better position. One final game on a Saturday at three o'clock: St Johnston against Ross County at McDermott Park. Steve Cowan has the team news for us. Yeah, and uh, Craig Bryson, the big signing for St Johnson during the week that he doesn't make the 18 this afternoon, clearly maybe still suffering from some injuries or to try and get a bit fitter. So uh, Callum Davison makes two changes from the team that lost to Motherwell 1-0 last week. Out goes O'Halloran and Conway. And in comes Craig and May. So it looks like they're going to start a 4-4-2. Elliot Parrish and goals are back. Four of Scott Tanzer, Jamie McCart, Liam Gordon and Jason Cairn. Midfield four of David Witherspoon, Alan McCann, Liam Craig and Danny McNamara. And a front two of Callum Henry and Stevie May. Stuart Kettlewell, I think although he lost 5-0 last week to Celtic, he'll be buoyed about you know his play and the, the chances they created. They hit the post twice and so he'll be looking to get more this afternoon. He makes one change from the team that lost to Celtic 5-0 last week. Out goes uh, Billy McKay and in comes Ollie Shaw. So they go uh, back four of uh, sorry, goalkeeper Ross Laidlaw, back four of Connor Randall, Cole Donaldson, Alex Co- Alex Lacavite, Josh Reed, midfield four of Michael Gardine, Jordan Tilson, Harry Patton, and Ian Vigers, and a front two of Ross Stewart and Ollie Shaw. On the bench for St Johnson, uh, the subs are O'Halloran, Davidson, Kane, Robertson, Rooney, Booth, Olafe, and Conway. And on the bench for Ross County is uh, Tramarco, Norris, Mullen. Watson, Charles Cook, Kelly Wright and McKinnon and today's match referee is David Monroe. That's you up to speed then with the team news in the three o'clock games Celtic Livy, Dundee United, St Mirren Kilmarnock Hamilton and St Johnston Ross County. We've got the top team around the grounds, we've got the three guys in the studio as well. We are going to take a look back on some of the week's biggest stories next The team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Building up to three o'clock games in the sunshine Celtic against Livingston is the big game in this part of the world The chance for Neil Lennon's side to go top of the table He's made changes again, no odds on Edouard in the starting 11 He is on the bench We will keep you up to speed on anything you need to know before kick-off Dundee United against St Mirren, Kelly Hamilton, St Johnson, Ross County And then of course some fantastic games tomorrow as well Got to like the look of Hibs against Rangers at Easter Road and the two European sides uh, from Thursday evening as well The other two European sides, Aberdeen and Motherwell Meeting at Pataudry Which takes us on nicely, Hugh Keevans To this time on a Saturday Where we always look back on some of the week's biggest stories I think I'll split it in two There's a couple um, that spring to mind Let's start with something positive We, do, we, don't, we don't do it very often yeah. um, But how many times have we been able to come here on a Saturday 
Look back on the week's biggest stories And celebrate three Scottish sides Progressing in Europe So Rangers, Aberdeen and Motherwell We thank you for a rare dose of positivity I'm going to give you my perspective on those three games And then the, the lads can give theirs Aberdeen, the best performance Because they were playing the toughest side Viking Stavanger in Norway And there's a new vitality about Aberdeen And it was reflected in the goal scorers in that match Ross McCrory Terrific signing for Aberdeen And Ryan Hedges Who has brought Something fresh And innovative Into the team When he came on as a sub On day one against Rangers He was the only bright light That day for Aberdeen And he has maintained That form Terrific player For Derek McInnes Well done Aberdeen Now you go and play, uh, play Sporting Lisbon Chances are You won't make it Then we go to Rangers <laughs> Against <laughs> I said so positivity, positivity. <laughs> Then he didn't tell me To make up fairy tales oh, For everyone okay. Then we have Rangers Playing Lincoln Red Imps They did what they Should be doing They won by a Five goal margin Lincoln Red Imps Would not beat Any team In any of The four divisions Of the SPFL So Rangers were doing What they should be doing Well done them Two goals for Alfredo Morelos Must be good for The manager to see Finally, a Motherwell fan came on Super Scoreboard last night and annoyed me. So I'm going to give it to him straight between the eyes. Uh, he said that my prediction... It wasn't me, was it? No, no, no. Oh, right. He said that my prediction that uh, Motherwell would not survive Hapoel Bersheva was, and I use his word, laughable. Well, let me put Motherwell into perspective in midweek. They were playing an Irish part-time team. They were two goals ahead and they needed penalty kick shootout to get through. And... That is down to Trevor Carson Who was magnificent Three penalty saves But they will not survive Hapoel Beersheba There is my take on the week Hugh Evans, News at 10 Super scoreboard See the good thing is I don't even need you to look forward yet Let's just mm. look back And that allows us to be purely positive Before we, we worry about what might lie ahead Gordon It's yeah, good to get the three teams through Yeah he built us up there Hugh And then absolutely knocked us back down um, <laughs> We bit worried about Lincoln Red Imps They wouldn't beat him Dane Scott Have you seen Breaking you? Um, <laughs> he's not listening Don't worry That's why he's not here Yeah exactly He's busy I think it was Great results Gordon I said on Thursday night In here That I thought Motherwell Was going to be A, a real tough tie And I know that You can go into The part time situation Team from Ireland We should go out there And beat them Premier League team 2-0 up coast And you think Job done all of a sudden, everything turns round, and as you said, Trevor Carson, brilliant on the show last night, great, great listen, does fantastically well with the penalty kicks. But it's all about being positive. The one thing you have to do, game by game, you look at other teams just now that that these teams got in face, Motherwell, Rangers, and Aberdeen. Now, they're big names and their names well known, but we don't know the quality of them now. You know, I I couldn't tell you how good Sporting Lisbon is just now. You know, so I just think that we've got to take the positive. We're already in our season. We're meeting them at the right times, and we need a bit of luck. Of course, we do. But I think last week was brilliant for Scottish football. It was, and when you consider the three of them away from home, you'd expect Rangers to go over and beat Red Imps as you said. They they were pretty poor on the day. Uh, good result. I, I like the fact that the boy Hedges is starting to show some potential up there. That's four goals in his last couple of internationals. Mm. You uh, and, and Ross McCrory's a goal scoring midfielder. All of a sudden, in fact, up. he played right back the other night, yeah. didn't he? But even still, you know, when you uh, sign Ross McCrory, it's not for his goals. The fact that he scored two in the last week, brilliant for him and brilliant for Aberdeen. They're on a right good roll at the moment, Aberdeen. 
in Motherwell I, I, t- I texted you uh, from home saying that you're watching this oh, and, I was uh, watching don't you I worry I was pure geared up for the for the penalties here and it was brilliant it was good entertainment and and they did and I think the key thing that gets missed o- over this Gordon is the finances as well because all these clubs will pick up decent money as well Hugh to go into this mm-hmm. next round now they are difficult ties a lot more competitive yeah, than just the previous round. to recap the draw then because at this stage of the European competition you are allowed to get a bit ahead of yourself because you, you know what happens down the line so Celtic have to go away to Riga we already knew that then if they get through that it's either Sarajevo or Budunknost Pajorica um, Rangers away to Willem Tway we already knew that then at home to Galatasaray or Hajduk Split um, Motherwell like we said Already away to Hapoel Beersheva Should they get through that um, Victoria Pilsen Or Sondrisk of Denmark Aberdeen away to Sporting Then they would have a home tie To Lask of Austria Or Donaska Streda Of Slovakia Alex as far as Rangers are concerned Yes Some big names there Willem Tway first Away Then it would be home advantage I know Galatasaray Massive European name They did finish 6th In the Turkish yeah. league Last season So perhaps not quite The, the force. force That they once were I, I think they have to Negotiate the Willem Tway one Gordon uh, They're a decent outfit The one thing with the Dutch Is that they actually Like to get the ball down Play the football In the right manner So I think from that point of view I don't expect them to sit in I think it'll be an open game uh, Between them and Rangers Rangers need to go there And try and negotiate it Their, their, their form over the last Couple of years Have been really good uh, Particularly away from home So uh, they'll be looking to try and kind of progress there. And the great thing about the next round, if they manage to negotiate that, Gordon, is they get a home tie. Uh, for me, it's, it's so important. I know there's no crowd, but it's important. Fraser, we like to argue at this time on a Saturday, to be honest. It makes me feel like it's really Saturday if we can all disagree on something. And we, you never know, we might just get to that in a minute or two. But it's good to kick off with a, a bit of everyone coming together and celebrating some Scottish success. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I think we're all their hearts are now looking at the, the mother result coming in. You know, when you lose a late goal like that and McGabby was sent off, you feared the worst in extra time, but they managed to, to see it through. But uh, it was always going to be a tricky one because Coleraine, you know, that Irish was a wee bit better than it was a few years ago when they beat Maribor in the last round. So it was always going to be a tricky one, but they looked like they were cruising. I, th- I think the result of the week was uh, uh, Aberdeen's terrific result, you know, to go away from home and win so comfortably. and. and Ross McCrory is turning out to be a terrific signing for Aberdeen, but I think it's a very clever move by the lad as well. If he's not going to get a move, get a game with Rangers, which he clearly wasn't, then a move to Aberdeen, you're not going to, to make, making too big a jump and maybe going to too big a club down in England where you're going to be further away from the first team. Aberdeen for a couple of years and, and the lad could play at a very, very high level and could perhaps be the, the Scotland right back. But one, one of the things I read during week, Gordon, as well, I'm always going on about things like coefficients and I know it's a dull part of the game, but it's very, very important we've got two teams in the Champions League qualifiers for next year we need to keep our coefficient up and I think the the, the year that drops off because over the last five years was 15-16 and uh, Celtic lost to Malmo I think in the qualifiers the Champions League and we, we only get three points in that season so that dropped off uh, going into this year we're already at 2.25 so a couple of wins and we're actually going to have more points than we did uh, last year at the end of last season so you know, we all want our teams to do really well for, our, for, for the game and for the excitement but it's very important financially as well we could still maybe in a couple of years time have in 22-23 season have uh, two teams in the Champions League uh, qualifiers and maybe even one you know, in, maybe into the Champions League if we can get a, a couple of good runs like we did last year uh, the other story that springs to mind And this is the bit maybe we'll get a bit more um, dis- in, in disagreements over Hugh Keevans Is this story um, In fact and I'll start with you Fraser It just came out yesterday Confirmation that for the Betfred Cup For instance the lower league teams Are going to have to pay If they want to test 
to come up um, Sorry They're going to have to pay to test If they're about to come up Against Premiership opposition Because the Premiership teams At the moment Are going through Their testing protocols They exist within their bubbles As we've now become to know them And if the lower league teams Are going to face Premiership teams They've got a couple of choices Get the wallet out And pay for testing Or forfeit the match Ultimately And that's caused mm. Minor disagreements Shall we say On social media Fraser What's your own take on it? Well, I, th- I think they should. I mean, the government is, is clearly saying that they should test as, as well, and the governing bodies, um, you know, they, they get some like 20,000 just for participating, you know, finishing bottom of their, their group table as well. So I think the tests over a couple of weeks will cost three or 4,000. You know, if, when they're playing against uh, a premiership opposition, some will only get one premiership team in, in their group. So, yeah, I think they should. They were also, if you remember, we, we talked about it in the show, about James Anderson, the, the philanthropist who gave all the clubs £50,000. It was for COVID-related um, activity. So they, they've got, they should have money there. I mean, I, I, I still haven't got my head round and I haven't even got a clear answer from, from people in the game as to why the lower league teams don't need to test. I mean, we've had the Annan lads, four of them have tested positive already, you know, in the player. Maybe it's because in the, in the part-time clubs that uh, players have got other jobs as well, so it's, it's difficult to get tested. But uh, if it's the case that the, 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 the clubs have to test to play, then then so be it. You know, they have the money there, they get money for, for participating, they get 50000 from James Anderson, as I said, so that was what the money was for. Yeah, I mean, there's a... Perception's a wonderful thing, Fraser. There's a perception on social media I've noticed that this is harsh on on lower league clubs or, or unfair on lower league clubs. I guess based on what you're saying, you don't see that that's that's a valid complaint. I th- no, I, I don't see it. I mean, Premiership clubs are saying to me it's, it's unfair, and then they've got to test twice a week. Why why don't Championship clubs, for example, you know, Hibs have to test? Uh, twice a week across the city, uh, Hearts don't, although I, although I think they are. So yeah, we're, we're never going to get everything right in this this whole COVID uh, situation because things are changing week to week. So I, I, I think it's not unreasonable to ask clubs to test when they're playing against Premiership clubs. The, th- the thing with, with the Premiership is we need to keep the Premiership season going. That's where the money comes from. Uh, I'm not saying it's more important than the other leagues, not, not in one iota, but that's where the money comes from. It's from the broadcasters who pay the money to watch the Premiership season. So it's about protecting the Premiership players and making sure we can keep the season at that level going. So for me, I don't think it's unreasonable to be asked to test. Fans have got to stop thinking of the SPFL as an organisation who invented COVID-19 to irritate them. They are trying the SPFL to get us through this season. There is no guarantee... No guarantee this season will run its full course Because if you're paying attention to what's going on in life around about you Then the virus is kicking in for a second phase And we need to be careful that it doesn't disrupt the football season So the SPFL are doing what they can It is also my understanding that the minimum prize money you can get from participation in the Betfred Cup is £20,000 that will cover your COVID course and leave you change back. So they are entitled to test. They are entitled to protect the safety of those they play against. And they should now stop talking about it, pay the money and get on with it. Yeah, when you take into consideration, Hugh, that uh, James Anderson gave £50,000 to each club as well. I think it was just over three months ago. This was part of the, the kind of lowdown that the COVID would be uh, implemented I can't understand why they would actually participate and not want to play against people. I understand the financial climate that teams are in, mm. but to actually kind of get some sort of kind of reality about it, if you're forfeiting games and things, it just doesn't sit right with me mm. going forward. Yeah, and on that then, 
I'm not sure how or, or I certainly hope We don't get to this situation But if for some reason A club feels that, that they can't they, they can't spare the money Or they won't spare the money To do it Yes they're guaranteed The 20 grand But say that that's Absolutely needed To go elsewhere If we get to a stage Where teams Are forfeiting cup games Because of that That's going to look awful Is it not? I, I, I think the whole uh, Kind of situation Round about it You know You're trying to run An organisation That all the games get played And if, if one of the teams Are playing two Premier League teams who effectively they could actually be forfeiting two games within a group. It just doesn't sit they, right. The whole so, so hold on. What's what? Are you are you in agreement though with Hugh and Fraser that you think yeah, it's right that they have to they, test? They have to. They have right. to test. Gordon, they have yeah, to absolutely. Stop, have to stop moaning because two lots of money are in place for them. The money given by James Anderson and the prize money available from participation in the competition. Stop moaning. Protect your players. Remember the the motto: stay safe, save lives. Stop moaning Get on with it You've got the money The only thing see, Sorry God, that something, something that's worth mentioning though mm-hmm. And I know it's Just a couple of examples But we shouldn't just You know Generalisations all over the place um, Kelty and Brora Didn't get the James Anderson money Because mm-hmm. they're, they're Not part of the SPFL yeah. They do however play In the Betfred Cup Yeah Because obviously um, The situation that they're in But they're still You know There's a £20,000 Money, prize money Well, not prize money uh, It's it's, it's prize money essentially Prize money there for him, Gordon So I don't I just can't grasp If if there's no money at the end of this And it was costing the club They wouldn't be able to do it And I would totally agree with them But the money's there And Fraser said that um, You know, earlier about Well, you know I'm not saying the Premier League's more important well, unfortunately, this season it probably has gone. We've got to keep because top- of the broadcasting. Yes, we've oh. got to keep our top leagues going. Now, I, I hope that Championship and League One, Two, and all that keeps going. Whatever, it's got to be difficult. Part-time jobs, not in the same bubble, everything. But there's no excuse for a bed for if there's money there and it's not costing mm. the clubs. Where is the argument, uh, Fraser? I think I know the answer to this already. Um, but we'll ask it. You know, for anyone who is wondering, because I've seen it said, oh, you know what? If we're going to have to do this, this type of hassle, and you've got teams for testing teams that are not, we should have scrapped the Betfred Cup this season. Why is that not a good idea? Well, because you've spoken about the money it brings in in terms of sponsorship, and there'll be sponsorship deals as well where the sponsors will want the cup to go ahead. It's an important trophy. It gives teams in the lower leagues the chance to play against a, against a premiership club that's the one thing I think I like about the, the league situation because if, you, if you're a Stennis Muir you could get knocked out by another league two club in the first round but you, you're going to you're guaranteed four games and uh, for, for me it's important that it goes ahead I think it's an important trophy um, I think to be fair to our big clubs they, te- they tend to take it pretty seriously down in England they, in the cup games they play almost a second string but up here they, they tend to play pretty strong teams and they take it they, they show great respect but yeah I mean it, it's got to go ahead and, and I, if I was James Anderson and you've given clubs £50,000 and they then turn around and say well we can't afford it I would be saying well can I have a wee look can you tell me how you spent my £50,000 it was for Covid related activities and, and I'm sure he's getting reports I think when he went through the SPFL Trust he'll get reports from the SPFL's charitable body I, I, certainly I know from experience when people give you money whether it's sponsorship or donations or whatever else they like to just have a wee look and see how it's been used so they've got to be careful the clubs are going to say we ain't got the money to do it He's going to say, well, what have you done with my £50,000? And I don't think you want somebody asking that question. Again, and like I say, I know it is just a couple of isolated um, examples, Fraser, but, but Kelty, for instance, they've got two Premiership teams in their group, so you know that's even more money for testing, and they didn't get the, the James Anderson money. 
you know, I get that, I get that, and, and there probably should be some way of, of helping them out. I don't know whether they can do that through through, through the SPFL centrally or the trust or, or the donations from elsewhere. I, I, I think that is a wee bit unfair. See, throughout this whole next year or so, when we are still fighting this, this COVID, nothing's going to be perfect. And I agree with Hugh, I think supporters need to just take a breath and try and go on with it. You know, people are trying to find their way th- slowly but surely through this situation. You know, at one point over the summertime, I didn't even think we'd be starting the Premiership by by October. But here we are, we're starting the lower leagues. Things change dramatically, and people are trying their hardest to get uh, get things up, get things on. They make mistakes, and there's been some terrible mistakes over over the summertime as well. But people are trying their hardest to get football on. Nothing is going to be perfect. Nothing is going to be suiting every club. And uh, if, if fans of, of clubs just say, "Ah, but what about?" Then, then we're just not going to get anywhere. Yeah, fair a bit, a fair amount of that on Twitter. It must be said. Tam uh, is on saying, well, you know, if you're an amateur team, you can play with with no testing. I suppose the argument would be that your your opposition are in um, the same boat. Scott McPherson's not buying it either. He says that's an absolute disgrace. So I don't think we're going to agree, but we're going to have to park it there because we've got big fixtures coming up at three o'clock, and we are going to go back around the grounds next. The winning team all season long. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's Saturday afternoon and there's only 15 minutes to go until kick-off across the country. Celtic, Livingston, Dundee United, St Mirren, Kilmarnock, Hamilton and St Johnson, Ross County. Alex, Gordon and Hugh are in the studio. Let's go back around the grounds though and get a bit of a flavour of what's to come between now and five o'clock. Let's get a recap of those teams at Celtic Park with Alison Conroy. Yeah, remember Odson Edwards starting on the bench for Celtic for this one. So it is Vasilius Barkas in goal, a back three of Hatem El Hamid, Shane Duffy and Chris Iyer. Then the midfield five of Jeremy Frimpong, Callum McGregor, Olivier Cham, Scott Brown and Greg Taylor with Ryan Christie and behind the lone striker of Albion Ayeti. The benches: Bean, Beaton, Klamala, Soro, Turnbull, Rogic, Edward, Ilianusi and Forrest. For Livingston, Robbie McCrory's in goal, a back five of Nicky Devlin, John Guthrie, Effie Ambrose, Kieran Brown and Julian Sir. In the midfield, Marvin Bartley, Jason Holt and Craig Sybil. Then it's Scott Pittman behind Scott Tiffany. On the bench, Stirrick, Taylor Sinclair, Lawson, McMillan, Piglatelio, Robinson, Forrest, Poplatnik and Lokoch. So, building up to that game at Celtic Park. On Twitter, just reaction coming into the team news. David Cunningham says, What is it with Lennon constant changing teams? It loses you momentum. Still no chance for Turnbull either. So when we play Rangers, who plays? And Celtic Boy says, where the is Edward? He's got various angry faces. In fact, what how many is that? Four. He's got about nine angry faces in one tweet, you which is which is good going. I know you're not an emoji man, but trust no. me, um that that's good going. I guess that, that sums up the feeling of some Celtic fans. Not them all. You know, there's a big squad there. What, what's wrong with using them? Well, who's the best striker at Celtic Park? Odson Edward. Why isn't he playing then? Uh I suppose Od- we should maybe Hold our thoughts slightly on that till we find out if he's fully firing. It might be that well, he's. I always it's a precaution. It, I always think. Well, why is he on the bench? Then? Yeah, that is fair. But I just mean mm. until we know for sure. Um, and I, I do think. I think two things. I think Neil Lennon always gets it in the neck from those Celtic supporters who think he's a downgrade on Brendan Rodgers and didn't want him there in the first place. I also think that if Dermot Desmond's allowed to say the performance was terrible, then anybody else is as well. Uh, and I I thought that the plan was to have three at the back and two up front. And if you get Edward and Dietti, uh who played last Saturday, uh, but who did not play together on Wednesday and are not playing together today, then 
Why not? Let's hear from the managers then. It's Neil Lennon first up against Gary Holt this afternoon. They've sort of changed their style of play a little bit. You know, they started the season with a back three and, and now they've gone back to back four. And obviously they've sold in the decks. He was a huge player for them. So they're probably in a little bit of a transition period going into the season. Um, the results haven't been as good as they have been over previous seasons. But, you know, that we're still expecting... Livingston to be difficult to beat and full of energy. You know, there's one thing about Gary Holtz Livingston, you know, they they really are a, a team of great spirit and energy and they've given us problems over the past couple of years. If anyone's seen the game Saturday, we feel a wee bit aggrieved that we lost the game. We, sh- we should have had someone out. We had plenty of chances. But we spoke to the players. We, we're on the right like, tracks of how we're playing. But we've got to take responsibility on both ends. It's not down to the we Scotty Pittman to score as a goal. John Guthrie's going to pop up with a, a set play. It's, it's the whole team. But then again, at the other end, we've got to defend better. And you look at Celtic, they're a phenomenal side. And they've now they've added a lot of good goals from set plays as well as their, all their intricate play and they've got some good strength and, and height in their team. So you're going to have to man up. You're going to have to get get hurt at times. But we're relishing it. We're going there with a game plan to, to get someone out of the game and hopefully they'll be tired. So that's the big one in the East End then. Celtic against Livingston. Hopefully they'll be tired, says Gary Hope. We'll find out. Uh, Neil Lennon making a couple of changes to that Celtic team today. Uh, let's go back to Tannadice. I do like the look of that fixture. I must admit, the man for the big occasion is Fraser, Fraser Wishart and of course Fraser these sides haven't met since the playoff to get into the Premiership or to stay in the Premiership as it was uh, I think it was a goalless draw at Tannadice and then St Mirren eventually managing to do the business in Paisley and now they both are where they want to be meeting in the top flight Yeah and I hope it's a better game Gordon than those two games because they were awful particularly one at, uh, at St Mirren Park because there's just so many nerves so much at stake and I think all the players just froze it was a very difficult game to watch but St Mirren got the the correct results and Dundee United spent another year in the championship and it was a tough few years for them you know they, they've through manager after manager you know the new owners have come in as well but they, they've got a settled look about them I mean, Robbie Nielsen left in the summer Mickey Mellon's come in he hasn't made wholesale changes you know he's brought in a couple of players but he's looked at the squad and, and, and going with it and, and I'm really interested to watch Lauren Shankland here today because you know he's, he's set the head on fire he's been outstanding the last couple of seasons in the championship but he's not really done it in the premiership I, I think he's certainly good enough to play at this level but uh, he'd be looking to get a goal or two quite quickly because he's missed so much of the football. I saw him first game of the season play against the Johnson here. He was very good. Didn't score, but he was he was excellent. His England cup play was far better than, than he was a few years ago. So so he, he will look to score a goal here. But you'll find it hard someone will get a settled look about them. But both teams going for a, a four four two formation and they're just looking for somewhere to get a spark for for a for a goal done. They haven't scored in three games. St Murn uh, just scored that one from Lee Irwin in the last three games as well, a game goal against Celtic. So they'll be hoping that Obika and Irwin can start to do things. There's a couple of wingers in the team as well. They've got uh, McGrath and McAllister, wide players as well for for Dunia. Uh, He's looking forward to seeing Luke Bolton again. I've been impressed by him when I've seen him this year. So I, I'm with you. I think this is going to be a really, really good game. And I think United will just get there. I'm going to go for a 2 1 win for United and Lauren Shanklin to score. In terms of Kilmarnock against Hamilton, I've got these horrible visions, Andrew McLean. The year is 23. 31. We've just come out of our 420th lockdown And people are still tipping Hamilton Ackies And saying this is the season Where they eventually go down Already they're showing signs that they're going to hang on in there again They've been doing not too badly in the last couple of weeks 
Yeah, well, I like listening to Brian Rice in the lead up to this because he was saying, you know, that they can't use the disruption of this week as an excuse. They just need to battle on. And maybe this is the type of game that will suit them as well because, you know, people might have written them off in the lead up to this. They could be seen as underdogs because of what's happened this week. But that's when this Hamilton team really thrive. A couple of great away victories at, at Motherwell and, and Livingston in the last few weeks. And they don't really need to be consistent across a season, Hamilton. But if they can fight, if they can make it hard for teams, if they can pick up points where possible in these types of games, they'll be all right. And they have been season after season in the top flight in recent years and as for Kilmarnock they haven't had the best of starts and you know what's worrying for them is you look at the likes of St Mirren you look at the likes of Ross County who finished below them last season they look as if they've really strengthened their, their starting 11s and improved their squads as a whole whereas Kilmarnock in my opinion anyway it looks as if they've almost stood still with some of the guys they, they've brought in they brought in guys from the lower leagues in England who haven't really got going yet. Yusuf Malumbu's out injured because he hadn't played for a year before he came back in. There doesn't look to be vast improvements to this Kilmarnock squad, but Alex Dyer, you know, speaking during the week, does seem happy with the squad he's got. He doesn't seem too, um, you know, it, it's not urgent that he's, he's trying to get people in the door, so it's now his job to, to try and get these guys playing and get the points on the board. Yeah, Hamilton showing the signs already. A point a game. That is more than enough usually to keep you comfortable uh, in terms of survival in the Scottish Premiership, so there's one to keep an eye on as the season progresses. It's a bit early to get too hung up on that but keep an eye on that one as the season goes on finally St Johnston against Ross County Steve Cowan is watching things at McDermott Park um, Steve Ross County great plaudits for the way they started the season with the opening two victories um, but none since then so I'm, I'm sure Stuart Kettlewell will be keen to try and get back amongst winning ways yeah, and I think he will. And I think the the game this afternoon will be an open game. I think both teams, the way they looked at their set up, you know, the, there's plenty of strikers on show. And the, you know, from a Ross County point of view, Ross Stewart, big talk about him throughout the season as well. Ollie Shaw, a lot to prove since he's he's moved up from Hibs as well. But Michael Gardine for me is the one in the middle of the park. I've seen him a couple of times this season. You know, he makes the whole thing tick there. And if he can, you know, get on the ball and, and make things happen, get crosses in and little one twos round about the box and create chances, I think Ross County could do well. But clearly, Callum Davidson. He'll, you know, th- second thoughts about that as well. He's brought back Stevie May, and we're all always looking for Stevie May to, you know, get into the goals and start reproducing what he showed a few a few years ago. There, Callum Henry, we know that he can score, but Alan McCann also a creator in the middle of the park for St Johnson as well. So I think this afternoon is going to be a decent game, and I see you know a few goals in the game. We hope you're right. That's St Johnston against Ross County. Remember Craig Bryson, the big signing for St Johnston this week, but no place for him yet as he tries to force his way in. Kilmarnock Hamilton. At the, I was going to say Rugby Park It's the Billy Bowie Special Projects Stadium At Rugby Park Just rolls off the tongue uh, Dundee United against St Mirren at Tannadice And of course Celtic against Livingston At Celtic Park Kickoffs across the country are next It's Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line 0141 951 the floor is yours What did you make of today's football? Celtic beat Livingston by three goals to two It's a victory that moves them top of the table on goals scored So it's very tight Rangers of course playing tomorrow Celtic fans, it's a results driven business It's three points Is that all that matters to you? Or would you like to see a bit more? Should you be winning more convincingly In games like this one at home To Livingston, Dundee United 2 St Mirren 1 Kilmarnock 2 Hamilton 1 And St Johnston 0 Ross County 1 We want to hear from you We want your immediate post-match reaction While it's still raw What was good? What was bad? What was somewhere in the middle? What pleased you? What annoyed you? We'll do it all 0141 951 1025 Hugh Keevans Well last season we spoke about It's the goals that Celtic score And Rangers don't The, the, The gulf is created by Celtic's greater ability to score This season after seven games each The question is 
It's the goals that Celtic concede And Rangers don't Rangers have not lost a goal In seven league matches Celtic have lost five How significant would that be? I think if Celtic played Rangers tomorrow Rangers would win But the game's a month away And Celtic have problems to solve yeah, I, I'm looking at it and I think, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I think they've passed up too many opportunities, Gordon. And I, I think you would have to look at the back three. Is it actually working? Because they seem to be a wee bit over the place. In the dying seconds of that game there, one of the Livy players passed up an unbelievable free header from the middle of the goal. And unfortunately, he kind of bottled it a little bit. Yeah, he was facing away from goal by the time it came off the back of his head. Had that gone in and, mm. and he had a... An outstanding chance to score No one near him If it had been 3-3 This telephone system would have crashed in here At the same time Gordon Already a couple of tweets Saying along the lines of well, David Haldane says Gordon Celtic dominated the game Livy got a penalty And a wonder strike People need to calm down And Hoggy Boy says Should Celtic be beating Livingston at home by more? We've no right to beat any team anywhere We've done more than enough to win the game Top of the league yeah, you'll get uh, different opinions on it, Gordon. I just think with the squad, the players, uh, you look at a Livingston team turning up at Celtic Park today, really struggling. Uh, you look at a Celtic team with the talent, yeah, they dominated the game, nobody's arguing that. I don't think Celtic should be putting themselves in the position of whether it's a wonder strike or not, it doesn't matter. The ball goes in the back and it's 3 2. And puts them under a little bit of pressure because it showed when Neil Lennon decided. I'm not making that sub- the substitutions now and told these players to sit back on the bench. So I don't think just now that Celtic should be putting themselves under that sort of pressure. Now, it takes time because they're new players, a new system. The three is the best system for me once Edward comes back and a Yeti up there will be a real force. I'll make them very, very strong indeed. It's just getting the balance on the wide areas getting the balance in the middle of the three and organising the goalkeeper as well. It takes time. Are they firing in all cylinders? No, they're not. They're going to, as I keep saying, Celtic look a team that I would be thinking you can score against. Right, 0141-951-1025. Let's kick off with Alec and Renfrew. What did you make of it today, Alec? Uh, just finished obviously watching it. Uh, obviously we won the game. Uh, the last 10 minutes, is, as Alec there says, the Livingston player had a golden opportunity defence were all over the place but I'm just not convinced about this goalkeeper I'm not convinced with him at all I think he cost his Europe uh, he's been beat with a wonder strike I'm just watching it again and he has been beat with a wonder strike I did swerve but he should be saving that all day long he should be saving that all day long uh, well, is, is it really a wonder strike then? you've said it's a wonder strike and it's swerved but he should have saved it it's a lovely shot Gordon but you're counting about three seconds before the guy hit, when the guy hits the ball to it reaches the net I firmly believe that a goalkeeper. I mean, we paid over five million pounds for this guy, and I just, I just don't. I think, I don't think he's any better than Gordon Bain. Scott Bain. Scott Bain. Sorry, Scott Bain. Yep. I don't think he's any better than Scott Bain. I mean, I, th- I, th- I thought today Christie was superb, and Cham had a good game, and Jetty's coming on a game. Even Graham, the wee boy Taylor, had a good game. But, but something, as, as Gordon says, there's something right at the back. That Livingston player in the last minute had a free header right in the middle of the goal and it could have cost us. Do you know the surprising thing about that, Alec? Right, and we can go on about the last minute header, but if I was near Lennon, I'd think, right, okay, we're at home, beat Livingston, people will say it was a result, three points, whatever. 
But when that ball comes in the box, the Livingston players seven or eight yards at best. But but he's he's about five foot nine, five foot ten. You've got three dominant centre backs in there. They should be eating that up all day long. I just think that you can score now. Everybody takes time to sell. I was watching a great program the other day about um, players from abroad coming into clubs down in England, especially. And they reckon with all the, the, the you know experiments they do with the player settling in eight months, Gordon. Now I know that you're not wanting that because it's Scottish football. It's gone for ten in a row. Rangers try so, but you want your your uh, your foreign players to come in, hit the ground running. I've not been overly impressed with them, but I'm not on the other side thinking, oh, well, that was a complete waste of money. I think the boy needs time. Barkas. Yes, I think if. Everyone's entitled to say Should have saved it If they want Like like Alec has But you've definitely got to give credit For the strike It's not a, It's by yeah. it's nowhere near A howler or yeah. anything like that From the keeper It's a great strike yeah. You can then if you want Be a little bit pernickety um, What's your own take on it Alex? Um, firstly it was a very good strike He managed to get a lot of action on the ball And I think that kind of wrong foot At wrong foot So it yeah. seems he's coming across to The goalkeeper's coming across to his left And the ball's going back across to his right And it gets done But the thing is for me It's probably Four or five foot inside the post, and he must get something on it, Gordon. And I think it was an easier one, you know. But you have to credit the boy for the strike. But I think the keeper should be doing a little bit better. I think the goalkeeper is like the team, not convincing yet. He hasn't convinced Alec in Renfrew, hasn't convinced a lot of Celtic supporters. He epitomises Celtic at the moment, not convincing. Um, Alec, I read out tweets there from Hoggy and David along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing. We won the game We're top of the league What's the problem? You're not buying that Alec? No I'm not buying it The money we've spent uh, God, The money we've spent The players I mean I know they've got to take time A jetty looked as if He was ready to settle into the team today He's a bit stronger He's had the ball up a bit better I just don't think We move the ball quick enough I don't think we move it quick enough The back to front I watch Rangers And they As soon as they get the ball Counter attack There's four, five, six of them Running up Towards the, the, the opponent's goal the same time they're all up there together we are just slow slow quick quick slow uh, and ov- obviously we're playing there the day we a centre forward with Christy I thought Christy was superb today actually Alec. he was all over the place he, he tried his heart out he done well Alec you've, just, you've, yeah. uh, you've, you've bemused everyone in here you and I are men of a certain vintage and we know what slow slow quick quick slow <laughs> yeah means. on the dance floor yes I was actually thinking about that there, there used to be a programme called Come Dancing which was for oh, genteel yeah. folk and that was slow oh. slow quick quick slow Alec look what you've done right there were, there were obviously positives like we said the biggest one the most obvious one is that Celtic are top of the league it's where they wanted to be at this time they were to- they're top of the league Right, um, Alec picked out a couple of names Albion Ayeti You can't really argue With what he's doing In front of goal at the moment Another great finish And Ryan Christie's contribution What McGregor, McGregor for me as well Was excellent he the, man of the match For me the way he Kind of goes about his business Hugh, He's looking to give and go He put the ball in for uh, Taylor For the first one he, He's such an intelligent player Going yeah. back to Alex's point Quick quick slow He knows when to slow the game down And then to go on the move the problem I, I would give Christie man of the match I think scoring a goal And he's way to pass for a Yeti and for his goal it's terrific that's a, that's a striker dream all you have to do is put your laces in that and obviously he does that and puts it in the back of net I just look we're not we're not here saying um, you know criticising yeah they're top of the league yes they've won the game at home but I, I'm with Alex a little bit if you're a Celtic fan and you're looking at the amount of money the players 
the ability. I think you're looking for a bit more, Gordon. Yeah, and now, as I say, we're very interesting to hear what Neil Lennon has to say and how he analyses the game. But now I think Celtic are going to Latvia to play a Riga side who got a one-goal victory against the taxi drivers and waiters <laughs> of some team from San Marino. Uh, Celtic have got to go there and and win. Anything other than a win is an absolute disaster for Celtic and for Neil Lennon. And then they play Hibs uh, a week tomorrow. Now, all of a sudden, it becomes a big eight days for Celtic. There's no margin for error, either in Latvia or at Celtic Park against Hibs. Alec, I'll let you get back to the dance floor, all right? <laughs> Thanks very much Gordon I'll say Are you dancing? <laughs> <laughs> you asking Right you take care Alec That was Alec and Renfrew Let's bring in James and Giffnock And see what he made of it James There's a real split here already Lots of Celtic fans are tweeting me Saying what's the problem We're top of the league Good win move on Others like Alec Looking for more from the performance What camp are you in? Hey good afternoon gentlemen uh, I'd like to ask you a question Regarding this uh, I think personally Celtic without Lee Griffiths are not the same team. The defence, OK, it's, it's getting tested well now, but Lee Griffiths, to me, with Edward, is the best striking partnership in Scotland. And I'd like to know what the position is with Lee Griffiths. Well, I mean, he's been training, he's been too heavy, they say in the papers. What's happening? Does Hugh Evans have an update on that? Well, first of all, I would have to say to you, James, that uh, Lee Griffiths let down Neil Lennon and let down Celtic by coming back unfit to play football. So if Celtic are without Lee Griffiths, that's Lee Griffiths' fault. Uh, secondly, there were. Well, I think there was a, Neil Lennon would tell you there's injury in there as well, but I know people can read into the other things. Yeah, but uh, initially he came oh, back initially, yeah. unfit to play football. That's unprofessional. Uh, there were suggestions that he might have been in or around the squad for the St Mirren game in midweek, but wasn't and clearly wasn't there today. So he must be still some way away from being considered. I fully understand that Edward and Griffiths last season helped win Celtic the league and then some. But don't forget, James, Lee Griffiths is not in the team because he let down his manager and he let down... The club who pays wages Having having said all that though Gordon If people are not totally satisfied with Celtic's performances Surely it's not because Lee Griffiths isn't there I've been a Yeti's come in Barely played the full game and has scored four goals Hudson Edwards got four league goals as well That's not holding Celtic back at the moment This has nothing to do with Lee Griffiths Uh, The weaker because Lee Griffiths is not in the team Not at all um, I think it would be some competition I'd love to see Edward and Ayeti Playing as a partnership for a season I do agree Griffiths and Edward Were absolutely terrific together But I think this guy's as good And he's, he, he's been brought for 5 million To score goals So he's producing the goods mm. So you can't say that Well because of Lee Griffiths This is nothing to do I mean, with Alex, Lee Griffiths I know the scattergun comes out yeah, a lot course. here But I mean Celtic have got 20 league goals in 7 games I'm not sure there's really too much to be concerned about on that front Gordon in the last four four games have scored 13 goals That's not the issue I think it's the actual kind of intensity in which they're actually playing The amount of chances that they're passing up Is a concern for people And you know when you look at Celtic last year There was a kind of uh, swell from the Celtic fans That the actual football they were watching was better 
under Neil Lennon than it was with Brendan Rodgers when he left and you know because they were scoring freely and they were keeping the back door shut I just feel as if at the moment they're actually conceding too many goals well James keep listening and we'll keep you updated anytime there's an update on Lee Griffiths we'll bring it to you let's bring in Stephen and Coat Bridge and see what he thinks so hi Stephen hi lads how you doing not bad are you well yeah I'm good good man what do you I'm make of it Neil Lennon's inconsistent in the team team selection mm-hmm. so, I think it changes it too much. It was other night there as well. He played Kamala, who I didn't think was good enough. He played against Ferenc Baros, and then he starts some other night there. And they take up to Edward today, but it's uh, Stephen, the the and we'll get a, a more detailed one. But the early answer from Neil Lennon today was that Odson Edward was fatigued. What do you make of that? He's fatigued. Yeah. We played about seven games this year. Mm-hmm. How came he fatigued? No, I think he missed one of the games. I'm sure he missed one of the yeah. games. I mean, uh, some Celtic supporters are looking at Edward and wondering if he is thinking I may be off in this window. Um, it's a while to go until the 5th of October When the window closes um, But I think some Celtic supporters are wondering If Edward has one eye on the exit door I mean, again I go back to this sort of scattered gun, Alex yeah. he, You know, he scored four league goals this season He was out injured And, and then he came back You know, players do players, that, yeah. that, That's kind of how That's how the passage of time works You will yeah. eventually be back for a game So whether he was not fit for Celtic Then fit for France That's sure. perfectly possible Because time progresses Of course um, And he, he didn't play today Because Neil Lennon said He was a bit fatigued I, When I heard the fatigued one At this early stage I was a bit surprised I have to be honest with you With that So but again To suggest that he's on his way Out the door and all that That's just pure speculation So we really don't know It'll be interesting to see What Neil Lennon says After the game Because I don't think Watching that today With the chances That they passed up Particularly that one at the end you know, because as, as Daz said, when that ball's getting crossed for the the right, the left hand side, you're expecting one of the big mm. centre halves to put his head on it, and yeah. the, the boy had a what an opportunity. Um, G, um, James Stephen, sorry, I don't know why I've got James in my head. Was that the previous caller? Yeah. Um, Stephen, what? Who in particular then is is getting too much of a chance, and you don't want to see them get that chance? Or on the flip side, who do you want to see more of? You know, you're, you're a bit frustrated at the the rotation. What in particular? Well. I don't see the point in buying Turnbull for him to sit on the bench. Every game, the, the lad he's proven in this league. A game like that today, Turnbull playing with Motherwell with their animal, my, my opinion. So, he would have, so I think they're too slow. I think they're too tippy tappy out for the back, like the guy said earlier on. It kind of reminds me of. Who would you have played him? Turnbull. Just out of curiosity, you says Turnbull put him in. Who would you have taken out? And now I would have took out Christie. Oh, no. So no. And this and this is the dilemma for Neil no. Lennon. Well, but by the way, Stephen's entitled to that, and no. loads loads of people agree. But yet, Christie set up two the other night, one today, and scored today. Yeah, that. So that's why I'm saying I, I totally agree. Stephen's entitled. Everybody would pick a different team, Gordon. I'm not having a go at Stephen, but you you can't take someone out like Christie because Christie's performing. Made a big impact. Of course he is, Alec. He's performing. So yep. that that's not a, a, a. He's just got. So much Many options here Now he might just look at David Turnbull And think I'm going to take my time With this lad I've got plenty of options In the middle of the park I can just Nutcher him into The Celtic Football Club The way that I want him to play out The way that 
you know, I want him to fit into the team. He's got plenty of time with him. He's a young player. He's a very, very good talent. Um, I just, I, obviously, Christy, I think, was my man in the match today. I thought he was excellent. And I think he's a, a, a terrific player. But I'll be interested, I'm just interested to hear what Neil Lenz got to say. Now, you're talking... They w- because I'm having a, I'm not having a go at Celtic. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting excited the way they're playing and people are saying they're winning games. If you look at their seven games, Gordon, they've played mostly the teams that are sitting down the bottom of the league. They're now, right? Like Motherwell, for instance, twelve. Livingston, eleven. Hamilton, tenth. The top one, the, the top one, that played Ross County five, at fifth place. Their bigger test going to come now. I think if you go and who said earlier there that if he. They played Rangers and now you think Rangers would win. I think if they go against teams like Rangers and let's say Hibs are now in the forum, Aberdeen in decent form now and play as slack as what they're playing, I think they can get punished. Um, Stephen, for every person who's concerned about Celtic's form, there's another one who keeps telling me online, why are you even talking about this? You know, we're, we're top of the league, that's all that matters, it's all about results. Why is that? So why is that argument not enough for you at the moment? No, I get that. Honestly, I do get that. But I just, I just, I'm not firing all cylinders now. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's been said after the Ferenc Faros game. But I really don't think they're the same team as what they were last season. And I, I don't know what obviously goes on in the press room. No, nobody does, and nobody probably will. But his comments after the game, Neil Lennon says, if they don't want to be here, then they can go, which I think was knee-jerk. But at the same time, I don't think the heads have been lifted to that point. I think when Neil Lennon made those remarks he must have gone home and bitterly regretted it um, because since then he has topped up performances that really don't deserve to be topped up uh, he's gone completely 360 degrees he said what he said in anger absolute anger when he came off against uh, Ferdinand Farros out of the Champions League and players have not responded well to it and now everything is brilliant and peerless and this and that and the other. And the Celtic supporters don't even agree with him. So that's why we're all waiting for Neil Lenz's interview to see how he marks down this game. Because I know that life is not all about money. However, given the multi-million pound squad that Celtic have, given that they went the whole way to get Shane Duffy in for the season, Fans are entitled to ask why they're one header away from a 3-3 draw at Celtic Park against Livingston. And where was £2 million Shane Duffy? And where was Ayer? And, you know, what goes on at the back? And why is Edward not playing? And why does Turnbull not get enough game time? What has happened so far has not been convincing, top of the league or not. Thank you very much Stephen In Cope Bridge It's 01419511025 To have your say And we're going to hear Hopefully from Neil Lennon next After they play You have your say 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line Hugh Keevans Gordon DL and Alex Ray Are here But they want to hear from you They want to know What you made of your team's performance Today Whether it be good Bad or indifferent or they want to know, alternatively, what you're thinking ahead of your team's game tomorrow. So don't hang around, get in touch with the guys and let them know what's on your mind. 0141 The great thing about a Saturday afternoon as well is we're going to get the raw post-match reaction from the manager. Whether it went well for them today or whether it didn't, 
We'll pass across their emotions, their thoughts And everything in between As soon as we possibly can Let's bring in John in Blantyre John, as a Celtic fan What's your overriding feeling after today? Um, obviously happy with the three points um, What I, I don't this, uh, what I, I, um, I don't believe in is The negativity towards um, Celtic's performances The past couple of games At the end of the day, this season Only counts for three points each game It might not be pretty but It might not be spectacular to watch But when you come out of the 90 minutes Is it no better to have the ninety point, uh, the, the three points sorry, after the 90 minutes um, As to go on and... Um, be kind of a regretful of what you've done. So if mm-hmm. Neil Lennon's got to make a change in the squad, should we know or just get behind him and trust him rather than gain negative reports for Celtic fans and social media? I mean, to be honest, like if Neil Lennon is going to do a change, is that no the man that's in charge? Until such changes come up a cropper and then things don't go the way that Celtic fans like, if we drop points, then you can criticise the man. But until such times, I think that Celtic fans should just kind of lay off a bit. But they have come a cropper. They're not in the Champions League. They lost to Ferenc Varos mm. at Celtic Park. And to be fair, though, that, that's not really what we're talking about, is it? Ah, but come on. Yeah, but domestically. That, that, yeah, but listen, but listen, wait yeah, But John's on talking about domestically. Ah, but on, the, on the subject of that, John, I, I agree. You can go overboard with us with Celtic. They're totally blah, blah, blah. But you're going back to people that are criticising, right? I was at Dunwall last week And Neil Lennon After the game They won 5-0 Criticised them And says I gave them A right rollicking At half time Because include, of their performance John do you include The uh, the owner of the club In that? Wait a minute Sorry uh, um, At half time He was quite right To give that team uh, A dressing down But At the end of the day We're still picking up Three points For these games Right I mean it's, You can say It's a tough tie To go again and like you, you can see it's a, a hard game You're coming up against a tough team Fair enough But we're still picking up three points John. Domestically at the end of the, Sorry Hugh At the end of the day I believe Any Celtic fan Who criticises the team For a poor, for pro, poor performance um, At this time of the season Domestically um, the, at Come at the May If Celtic do reach that Elusive 10 in a row um, I think there will be not one Celtic fan who will say, oh, can you remember that game when Neil Lennon changed the squad? Yeah, of course. Can you remember but, but that we can only, John, we can only speak about what has taken place. Do you include, among the people who should not be critical of the team, do you include the club's owner, Dermot Desmond? Well, that's a different story because um, what Dermot said the other day in his interview, um, you can look back... To the the publication in today's papers, when he went, he, he, they were talking about signing Alec, um, so sorry, Sir Alec, um, to stop ten in a row, right? I mean, they went and looked at Brendan Rodgers. He, he came out and told a true story about Brendan Rodgers. Um, so, but yeah, all that, all of that is nice, a great story, marvelous story. But I am addressing the remark made by Dermot Desmond that. that to win 5-0 made for a good headline But the performance was terrible There's always another reading of that Any time a team is getting results And maybe not quite performing the way some people would want This always crops up What about the school of thought which says There's got to be more to come from Celtic Because they're not performing well mm-hmm. Yet they're top of the That's league That's where I am Gordon I 
totally believe that Celtic will eventually kick in to the gear that Neil Lennon's looking so for. So if you if you can well, play I'm, if you can play below par and still be top of the league, yeah, that, but, that's a good thing. That's what some people's but, take on it would be. Yeah, I totally agree with that as well. But my point is they're playing below par, and I think they've been lucky just now in the sense that if you look at the fixtures. You know, I I, I I touched on them there, 12th, 10th, 11th. So, and they're below par. They're mm-hmm. getting the results. I'm not saying that this Celtic team, I, I tipped them to win the league at the start of the season. And I'm still standing by that as much as I think Rangers have improved unbelievably. I think Celtic with the squad. But I do believe they will kick on later on. I think they'll get into a gear where Neil Lennon be happy. But you've got to, John's got to, you've got to take it game by game just now. Have a look at it. Now, am I thinking that Livingston are going to go to Celtic Park? Livingston can, can you know, Hamilton go to Livingston last week and beat them. Do I think they're going to go there, score two goals, where you say it's apparently a wonder goal, and have a great opportunity with last kick, well, last header of the ball to make it three each? No, not in a million years. I do believe Celtic will come, but just now they deserve a little bit of concern. Let's say, John and Parkhead, do you agree with that or do you disagree? Oh, disagree. Listen, I've been phoning in for a while on this. Uh, phoning in the league table doesn't lie. That's all you get, and, and it's true. League table doesn't lie. But and the thing is, see if you've been doing that philosophy, then uh, God made a point there that Rangers are improved immensely. Now, if you've been doing that point, where's Gerard's criticism? So a team, right, but Celtic, my team, who have been playing poorly, a top of the league, a better goals for, for them. But there's no criticism for Agnus Abata. No. Where do you want the criticism to be directed? They haven't lost a goal. Uh, mm-hmm. They're level with Celtic in every way. And, yeah. they, and if they win tomorrow, they're three points clear. So what... What would you have any of us criticise Stephen Gerrard for precisely? For being second in a league to a team who are playing poorly, according to you. That's, that's what I'm asking you. Yeah. You can't turn around and criticise Neil Lennon, who's top of the league. The league table doesn't lie. His team scored more goals. And yet, you've just said there, what do we criticise Gerrard about? Well, he's second, second in a league to a team who are playing poorly. Well... Um, I think you're you're satisfying yourself far too quickly. Uh, there are 31 games left for Celtic to play. They need to improve if they want 10 in a row. Surely you would acknowledge that. Well, see, that's the thing. You know, I was, I was, I follow Celtic everywhere, everywhere, especially during Rangers' nine in a row. Right, so I know, I know what like it is. Uh, the Tommy Burns era, especially the Tommy Burns era. See, see me personally. I, I couldn't care about anything else but 10 in a row this year. Uh-huh. And see, as long as Celtic keep winning and putting three points in the bag, that's what it's all about for me this well, year. But, but listen, if you're telling me you don't have the slightest concern and that 10 in a row is in the bag, I'll take your word for it and we'll speak later on when things may or may not have changed. I actually look at it the other way. I look at it like just now. It's not a really criticism. I'm actually complimenting Celtic because I'm saying that their standards, in my opinion, with the, the squad they've got, should be a lot better with the players they've got. So it's really a compliment I'm giving them, saying I think they're a lot better than that. I'm not having a dig at them because John, they're top of the league, yes, we can all, we can all take that. 
But I just think there's so much more to come. Uh, John, I suppose people on the, the the opposing view of yours would say that yes, Celtic are putting points on the board, but do these performances indicate that the day that they won't put points on the board is is round the corner? Do you know what I mean by that? I know what you mean, but at the end of the day, Celtic are champions for a reason, and, and people Celtic. For, I'm, I'm not actually really getting at the media. That obviously, I'm to myself, some Celtic fans, certain section of the Celtic fans, I'm getting at here. No, he's probably the same guys that would be wanting Neil Lennon to see if he was falling behind in points. He can't win the guy. Um, it's, and, that, and that's what my point is. No, you go, he, I mean, he's, he's dropped two points this year. That, that's it in, in the league. I mean, I don't know what Mercer Celtic fans want. They've been scoring goals. They are, they are conceding, but they're scoring. Jock, I think Jock Steen said it, wasn't it? One of Jock Steen saying, they score four, we score five. But it has to be, I think, the. Cause for concern that after seven games Rangers have conceded no goals at all And Celtic have conceded five Somewhere down the line John That's going to come and bite you On a delicate area The thing is We need the passage of time Because it's (laughs) To be fair John could easily come back and tell you That Celtic have scored more goals than Rangers You know we we can get sort of Cop and statistics Well you know I go back to the point and, And you kind of dismissed it Gordon But it is important Other than domestic football they're out of the Champions League because they couldn't defend. No, it's not that. It's not that it's missed. It. It's just the caller wasn't. The caller was said we've not dropped points yet, and he was talking about domestically. So I just think it was a bit but unfair the, to move the goalposts. I'm looking at it in the whole, and the Champions League is responsible for the creation of tens of millions of pounds. Those tens of millions of pounds are not accessible to Celtic any longer because they couldn't defend at home. Against Ferencvaros Listen I get all that That's all valid But What do we do about that now Shane Duffy has been signed Since then Celtic will be looking to improve They'll be looking to get through In the Europa League I'm not saying it's not valid I just don't know If right now is the time For a Ferencvaros debate again No listen I think if we just keep it To the domestic stuff Then Gordon And we can actually Analyse what's actually In front of us Celtic are passing up chances Which you don't normally see I think last year They probably one of the best Defensive records In the league If not the best so when you're watching it just now, you're entitled to say things are not quite right at the back. They're conceding goals, five and seven games. So th- it's fair to say that. It's not something you actually associate with Celtic over the course of the last couple of years because oh. they've costed it. Uh, and I said to get Gordon one of the breaks, because of the firepower they have, they could quite easily win all these games. But they have to mm-hmm. uh, show it up a bit at the back for me. Uh, I'm sure Neil Lennon had a lot to say. Here's a brief snippet of his post-match thoughts. I thought the performance deserved better and um, the only disappointment is the second goal we conceded it's poor from our point of view we've given ourselves up too easy and um, Vasilis will say he could have done better with it and then it just makes the, the last 10 minutes a little bit more of a trepidation than it really needed to be the performance was good you know I'd like the, a few more goals but the three goals we scored were brilliant goals I'm not convinced on the penalty either you know we feel we could have had one you know a minute earlier and then we've conceded one but our reaction to going the goal down was, was really, really good. All three goals today were terrific. We're in a good position now. It was an important week for us. The game in hand was important that we won. We've done that. And then we followed that up with a win today. I think that we've we're still got a bit of work to do, you know, and tidy a few things up. Overall, really pleased to be top of the league. Disappointed with the second goal, and that's the only sort of black mark on a good performance. Well, he said it himself there. Important week ahead now. Celtic have to go to Riga. Uh, in Latvia um, It ought to be A match that Celtic Are more than capable Of winning They have to win it And then it's Hibs at Celtic Park 
If they are lax in defence As they were today Hibs will surely punish them um, Because Celtic do concede goals And they have to be very careful Against the kind of firepower that Hibs possess now, this, uh, Neil Lennon's response to that I'd imagine Gordon would be And if we attack like we did today mm. we, We'll punish Hibs He says the goals were terrific that they scored I think you'd agree with that wouldn't you? Oh yeah, I thought uh, a Yeti's goal especially I thought it was a great pass from Christie And what a strike it was, left foot Never in doubt, back of the net uh, Neil Lennon just backed up my argument there with his statement He says we've got a bit of work to do That's what I have been saying since day one, since I watched Celtic But I thought the three goals, Christie's goal Great ball in for Taylor as well, McGregor So uh, yeah, you can look at the positives And that's what Neil will take out of it Of course he will but the thing I like is the Celtic manager can out and, and openly admitting, listen, we have a bit of work to do. We yeah. all know in football what that means. He'll have been delighted with a Yeti's finish, I'm sure, Alex. With, without doubt. He, he puts himself in the right areas, Gordon. His movement's very good and he comes alive in and around about the box. I mean, you get that kind of service from Ryan Christie, you know, the weight of that pass is excellent. Just takes it in his stride and then knocks it past McCrory. But again, going back to Daz's point, I think Taylor done brilliantly for the first one. He goes short to spin in behind. Ball across the face And when you're doing that It's difficult to play against that You know when you get Wingers trying to trace Track these guys back It's extremely difficult really? But offensively I feel as if Celtic Are actually you know He'll be disappointed With the actual amount Of ball they had They didn't get more goals Gordon But you know I still think there's a bit Of work to be done at the back Right let's squeeze in One more before the break um, Scott's in Bermulloch What have you got for us Scott? Alright guys Hello. Um, That was a terrible defeat For Celtic today wasn't it? Because that's where the post-mortem seems to be A terrible defeat Well listen, you know, this is your chance to put a positive goals, spin on five it Five goals, three goals and three goals Right, we lost a couple of goals So what, that's other teams Other teams are allowed to score goals as well Do you know the team today that we actually beat today? Well, the one at the bottom of the table? Yeah, no, 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 no Well, it's the same team the Rangers dropped two points to at Livingston Fair point Same team Rangers drew nothing each, didn't score against them at all Celtic scored three goals against him today. One of one of the goals we lost was a good goal, very good goal. Yeah, I mean, why, 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 why is the panel, especially if you've been ultra critical? Well, the thing is, Scott. To be fair, I think if you've listened, you'll need to ask your fellow Celtic fans that as well. I think mo- mo- most of the criticisms come from there. But you, you know, Hugh's here to be shot at, so we'll put it to him. Why does it sound like we're discussing a Celtic defeat, Hugh, when they won and they went top of the league? Why, why are you not giving more attention to that? No, Scott represents that. Element among the Celtic supporters Who regard it as a mortal sin To see anything about Celtic uh, They also would like to Nullify any comment Made by anyone Celtic supporter Pundit um, Because they just don't accept That Celtic should be criticised On any level uh, I, I go back to the Celtic owner Because he, he He speaks Once every five or six years and Dermot Desmond used the word terrible to describe uh, a Celtic performance last week uh, and told Neil Lennon so. So even the owner of the club surely is entitled mm. to say something. Absolutely, but I'll put it in a, a newspaper analogy because that's, that's your area of expertise. Why is, your, why is your headline not about Celtic going top of the league and, there, and then the rest of the stuff, the stuff that can be done better, comes thereafter. Why is your headline the, the, the bad performance or the the, the below-par the performance? The tomorrow will be about Celtic. No, I mean you, you personally, because Scott's, gonna, Scott's I, pulling I, up about it. I reserve the right to stand here 
to use the evidence of my eyes and to give mm. my opinion. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that you don't. I'm, I'm on behalf of Scott. I'm asking be, why. You've asked me why, the, and I am telling you why. So why I, is the performance I, I more think, than the result? I think the performance was inadequate. Mm-hmm. And is that is that use. more important than the the good thing about the, the positive no, 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 aspect it, of no, going no, top? It's more important that Celtic go top and see if it has any influence whatsoever in the Hibs Rangers game. However, I reserve the right to say. That wasn't very good mm-hmm. Or this wasn't yeah. very good Well that's fine neither, neither Scott nor me said You didn't have the right to do that no, but Scott is talking about a post-mortem It's not a post-mortem It is an analysis Of what went on And in the analysis There are good bits And there are bad bits Scott what did you make of the performance today? I didn't hear, I didn't hear Hugh saying anything about good bits About Celtic scoring three goals again today I said We've only played seven league games or something so far this season We've had a six, a five a three, a three, a two. We've scored in every game we've played, and domestically. Uh-huh. But I don't know what more the team can do. And by the way, Hugh, I'm not one of these guys that thinks everything in the world is great. I didn't want Neil Lennon back as a manager in the first place. So I don't know where you're coming for that. I, I see it as I see it. And today my team went top of the league. And we went top of the league by scoring three goals at home against a team that last season beat us twice. Now, that'll do for me all day and twice on a Sunday. And see at the end of the season, see if we have another 15 games like or 20 games like I'll take that, because that means we're champions again. All right, we'll leave it there. That was Scott and Bermullock. Still plenty more to come on the lines. Plenty more from Neil Lennon. Hopefully some of the other managers as well. What a busy day. The games are over. The talking begins. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Hugh Keevans is in the building Gordon DL and Alex Ray are alongside them We've been hearing from today's managers Let's hear a bit more from Neil Lennon He's talking about Eduard, Ayer and Ayeti Amongst other things Well he, he was way over France You know he'd, he'd missed the previous two games for us So he played you know 19 minutes Over the two games of France And then he's played Saturday He's played Wednesday I spoke to him on Friday And he said he was you know struggling to start the game So you have to take that And look after the player And we have a duty of care to him So we got him fresh for Thursday Which um, is a very important game for us And um, you know Hibs next week Is it pleasing for you though Odson that isn't available but Alpine starts up front and, and he gets a goal as well. No, he's been brilliant, you know. I mean that's four goals now, he's been all from open play. I thought his whole play was really good and his finish was fantastic, you know, and he's prolific or proficient off both feet. I really enjoyed Ryan's goal, great movement from Greg and you know, great ball from Cal and then the cross. You know, we work on that and I really like those goals. And Callum's was a cracker, you know, and it's a pity there wasn't anyone here to, to see it. Stevens in air, what's in your mind tonight, Stephen? Hi guys. Hi. Um, I just normally nine times out of ten, I agree with Hugh Evans and everything his points. But today, I think he's been very, very critical for no apparent reason. Let me break it down. Celtic have played four away games. Rangers have played three. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Celtic have the top goal scorer and the top assist. Albin Ajeti is at the top. Yeah Yeah he's level with Edward Kent and Nisbet No no, he's not level He's four and he's got one assist Oh right combined Oh sorry I thought yeah. you meant top scorers My apologies no, no, Stephen One assist as well But I don't, um, uh, Has Ryan Kent not got assists Has Odds and Edward not got assists Ryan Kent sitting in third So he's obviously not got four goals and one assist He does have four goals He's not got one assist Well he has He's he set up uh, Tavernier last week Did you know Right, so my flash goes up wrong. Right, okay, that's not the point. Right. Right. I don't understand. I just, I, I fail to see the, 
the criticism Celtic's getting. Why are we talking about the goals conceded? What, what, like, you don't come on and talk about, oh, Rangers should be scoring more goals. Celtic's got five mm. goals more. It seems to be this. Uh, is, it, is it cause this defence record Rangers has got? What is it? Well, that that whether that's fair or not, Hugh, but that's something that I tried to highlight earlier on. If you're going to draw comparisons about goals conceded, you do kind of have to mention goals scored because Rangers could could carry this brilliant defensive record on all season and, and not win the league. That's still great credit to them for doing it. Yeah. But if you're going to hold one against the team, you have to kind of mention the other column as well. Yeah, uh, but I, I go back to the point for the first time in ten years, you've got a Rangers side. Uh, who are as good as Celtic uh, And I maintain that if they played tomorrow Rangers would win but Do you agree with that Stephen? Do I agree with what? If they played tomorrow Rangers would win says Hugh I don't know I'm not missed at Meg I would always um, I would take um, I would take Celtic's chances Because I'm a Celtic fan We don't know if Rangers mm. would win we don't uh, know I get that But I mean what, what do you think? Would you be confident then? I, I will be interested to see though if it's a one-each draw tomorrow with Hibs and Rangers, for example, a few, I don't know if he's are on tomorrow or Monday. Monday. A few specifically says, why aren't Rangers scoring as many goals instead of concentrating on this defence thing? You're going to have That's to get, you, get on my wick. He'll you, have to. Well, you, you're, you're I'll going, remind him. You're going to have to get over me and look at the football. Uh, I am the same as you. I am entitled to offer an opinion. You're on here offering your opinion, I offer mine. Uh it always becomes a matter about me and not the football. Just wait and see what the score is tomorrow at Easter Road and then we can discuss matters on Monday night. But Neil Lennon has said today, Stephen, there's work to do. Now, that's managerial code for we're not really at it right now. Uh, what pleased you today then, Stephen? Let's finish on a positive. What pleased you? Well, straight away there, it's sure it's managerial code for Neil oh, Lennon. Oh, not to you. We need to de- we need to defend we need to defend better. The same as Stephen Gerrard, it should be managerial code for him to say we should be scoring more. No, listen, I think I I agree in the the logical sense. I see where you're coming from, Stephen. And don't worry if that happens on Monday, I will make this point to him. But if if you want more positivity about Celtic, yeah. th- this is the floor is yours. What was good today? Don't don't worry about Hugh's negativity. What was good? What what positive things do you want to cover? I normally agree with him as well. I was pleased with. Um, Frimpong, I think when Frimpong starts in the, the 3 5 2, Celtic are a lot better. And I'm pleased that Ajeti's scoring a lot more goals. So I'm more than happy, yeah, guys. There we go. Finished on a nice, happy, positive note. Stephen and Ayr, thank you. Uh, we're fast running out of time. This has been one of the quickest hours uh, I can remember. Hugh, what else jumped out at you from today? Well, poor old Jim Goodwin has had a torrid time of it with St Mirren, but there's no getting away from the fact that it's four defeats in a row now. Uh, and that they will have to turn the corner soon It's a good result for Mickey Mellon He did need to turn the corner And he managed it uh, Other than that Kilmarnock, good result for them They go nicely up the league table uh, Bad day for Callum Davison at St Johnston uh, There's Andy on Just pulling you up Alex Because um, he sent a screenshot of the, the BBC website Which shows no assists yet Yeah it was a shot uh, Gordon For, uh, for Ryan Kent They did not the shot that parried away so and then uh, Tavernier tapped it in at the back post. So I don't know if that's an assist. No, it's not. There we are. You've been told. You, oh. Andy's Andy's given you a real. He's, he's I've, never, on your I've, toes. I've never known arguments on here before uh, about assists. You know, I'd, uh, and whether it's one or none. Yeah. More importantly, I mean, do me anyway. A favor. Um, 
What about tomorrow, Gordon? How yeah. much are we looking forward to that one, Easter Road? Yeah, yeah I think, uh, not just Easter Road, I think Petordi's a very exciting game as well. Motherwell certain bottom of the league, they need points. Aberdeen are in good form. Uh, Hibs have been in terrific form. Rangers have been, you know, everybody's talking clean sheets. I'm not getting caught up just now with what's happening in seven games in, Gordon, but I still think it's important to keep momentum, yeah. keep, keep winning, try and keep the clean sheets for Rangers. As for Hibs, Try and get the three points at home They'll fancy their chances I think we're in for a crack in Sunday afternoon Is this Rangers toughest test yet Alex? Because yes they've been to Pataudry But they might look yeah. back And it's funny because when, when the draw When the fixtures came out Lots of Rangers fans sort of said oh, Typical up at Pataudry You know first game of the season But I wonder if Rangers might look back on their trip to Pataudry And think that it actually came at a very good time It came before Aberdeen hit their stride And it came without Cosgrove Or without any main, real yeah, uh, recognised strikers So with that in mind is, is Easter Road Rangers toughest test yet? Yeah without doubt And I think that Partly that is because of uh, The way Hibs have started the season Gordon You know have been fine form Free flowing Scoring a lot of goals So it makes for a very good game tomorrow And the first thing I do know when you go to Easter Road You have got to be able to match them physically It's going to be a battle And you've got to take the game to them Like Stephen Gerrard said Who plays in goal for Rangers tomorrow? John McLaughlin Nope McGregor for me as well McGregor Why McLaughlin? I think that um, Alan McGregor was played against Lincoln Red Imps uh, to give him some game time, but uh, Stephen Gerrard will revert to the plan to put John McLaughlin back in tomorrow. Bain played against Airdrie in the League Cup and Craig Gordon never got back in. So it shows you managers, they just don't think about, well, it's to give him game time. I, I mean, just I just get back to the argument and people. Nah, nah, can, hold on, hold on a second though. That 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 came at the end of the winter break and the, yeah. the, the start after the winter break. And yeah. Andrew was the first game back, so that's that's, right. that's very different. If well, it's not really. It was well, the next it game. It is though, because it doesn't game. come in the middle of a run though. So if if that's the case, then right, okay, well we'll dismiss this. We'll go with opinions. If I think you'd go with your number mm-hmm. one goalkeeper, my opinion. McGregor's still the number one goalkeeper I would go with McGregor Maybe wrong No that's fine What I'm wondering Why then did McGregor not come in Before the Red Imps game What was it about the Red Imps game That made him go in Well you'd need to ask the manager Maybe it's timing Maybe it's I, I, Maybe I it's think looking he was on the bench. Gordon I don't, I don't think he was on the bench Was he injured wrong. right yeah, up until I, that point I, I think he might have been yeah. uh, Maybe a, a couple of weeks sharpness With the goalkeeping coaching And stuff like that Gordon we don't know what goes behind the scenes All I'm saying is I think you play your best goalkeeper My opinion McGregor is Stephen Gerrard Hugh's got a different opinion uh, It could be uh, McLaughlin tomorrow But I just think you go with McGregor Yeah you're right Alex Firth was on the bench yeah. against uh, Dundee United Who plays for you? Uh, I think Alan McGregor Purely because what he's done over the course uh, But if, if, as I said If McLaughlin how, comes in Then it wouldn't be any big uh, difference As Hugh said The two of them are performing at a good level How many assists have they had? <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> Uh, it's none for Ryan Kent in the league Alex is sorry I will make sure he's very yeah. very sorry about that um, Right here I think that does just sum up the day for us Well Celtic go top First and foremost We can argue over the merits and demerits of the performance But Celtic go top And now Hibs present Rangers with the biggest challenge they've faced so far this season They are at home but there are no people there Does that nullify home advantage? We'll find out high noon tomorrow we will indeed Thank you Hugh Keevans Gordon DL and Alex Ray Thank you as always To the top team All around the grounds But You know where you stand The highest thanks The highest praise goes to you Thank you for all your calls And your tweets And more importantly Just for sitting listening there as well We appreciate that As always We're back on Monday night at 6 To look back on all of the weekend's Biggest talking points 
We'd love for you to join us And in the meantime You can stay right there Because the sun is shining And Mr George Bowie Has the GBX next <laughs>